Hello, Sam Roberts here. Welcome to another special edition podcast from the Bedford Blues. We at Goldington Road hope you're all safe and well and looking after yourselves in these strange times. Once again today, in the absence of any present rugby, we're going to step back in time. I know a lot of you enjoyed travelling back to 2005 and the Powergen Shield win, but we're going to set the clock back even further. April the 26th, 1975, a, a certain Margaret Thatcher had just become leader of the Conservative Party. The United States was pulling out of Vietnam and a chap called Bill Gates had formed a small tech company called Microsoft. But in southwest London, a rugby club from the town of Bedford travelled to Rugby HQ to play the mighty Roslyn Park in the final of the English Club Cup competition. To deep dive into that day, to reminisce, recollect about the season as a whole and how it felt to be the best in England, I spoke to three very special players. Joining me on this podcast are Richard Chadwick, who played over 100 times for the town and then went on to be head coach at the club in the 1980s. Alongside him is Neil Nelly Bennett, another man who played over 100 times in blue and a man whose prolific point scoring for the club during the 70s comfortably sits him alongside names like Pritchard, Raya and Finney. Neil is one of only a handful of players also to be capped by England while still at Goldington Road. And the final man in the trio is the indefatigable Budge Rogers, the most decorated of Bedford men. He played for England, the Barbarians, the British and Irish Lions and nearly 500 times for the Blues. What a group of men through which to relive the day. We did have some technical problems and the line to reach all of them wasn't always the best, but it did prove a fascinating insight into what was an incredible club memory. I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. Here we go then, the Bedford Blues 1975 Cup Win Podcast. I need to go and do my hair first. <laughs> lovely, it's only, Budge, honestly. Absolutely it's lovely. It's only radio. You don't have to worry about what it's, you look it's, like. It's only what you sound like. It's only what you sound like, Budge. Oh, it's not. Oh, all right. Budge, if okay. it TV, you obviously wouldn't have dressed like that. Certainly would. That's what I dressed like this for television. Not like you in T-shirts. Smart T-shirt, that's right. let's start. Let's get going. And I'll, I'll, I'll ask you each a question to start with. Uh, Richard Chadwick, it, it is nearly to the day, years since the club appeared at Twickenham in the 1975 Cup Final. Does, 45. Does it feel, it can't be 40. 45, Sam. Sorry. Sorry. quality of questions we're going to get. <laughs> yes, yes, this is exactly the quality. I, I have, I've been trying to do Are we allowed to swear on this or not? Not really, no. Although you can swear at me, bud, you normally do. Anyway, <laughs> Chad's 45 years since the club played at Twickenham. Does it really feel like 45 years or does it feel like last week? Uh, well, it doesn't feel like last week, but it certainly doesn't. You know, 45 years is like a lifetime, half a lifetime. No, it doesn't. And I think you, we've we've sort of kept in touch. We're a real good band of... Uh, friends and when we meet up which we do periodically it just feels like we never let go it's just amazing yeah no it doesn't seem it seems like yesterday in a way yeah it does and and Neil uh, the, the game itself I mean obviously we'll talk in great detail about it but one quick question did you ever see footage of the game did you ever re-watch the game afterwards uh uh, I think I watched it once, and I watched it last week as Gareth downloaded the rugby special. And did that enhance your memory of it all? Well, I thought, didn't they have colour TV then? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> they didn't. It was a long time ago, wasn't it? I think there was a colour TV version, which we watched like uh, the start of the next season, but that disappeared somewhere. So all we've got is this grainy black and white that's 
a recording of a recording of a recording now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it was uh, Pig's Bladder would we play with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and, and Budge, I mean, you, you had a, an illustrious career, but, but how does that, that final stand out in, in your memory? Oh, right up there in, in the top two or three games, certainly. Yeah. And it was, there was only a, ma- a rugby special of it. You know, there was never a full uh, match that I think. Ex- I tried to get one from the BBC and failed. Um, I've got a, I can see a video over there of the highlights. I want it transferred to a CD. My son will have to do it. He's done it once and I've lost it. It was a fantastic game. Yeah. I mean, everybody played at the top of their game in that one uh, game. Yeah. And, the, and the attitude was was so attack-minded, you know, we, whenever we could, we ran the ball and we, we ran at them. Well, let, before we go into the, the game itself, let, right. let's set the scene a, a little. Um, remind people how rugby was set up in, in 1974, 1975, because um, I'm not sure, but, but what, what was the, the league set up, if there, if there was one, and was, how were fixtures set up? There wasn't a league at all. The nearest thing to a league was the Daily Telegraph used to construct a sort of league uh, based on so there was so many clubs I think it was 20 odd and but they didn't all play each other but so they they worked it out on a percentage of your victories against those you did play in the that 20 and Rossin Park were actually top of that league at the time and we were because um, we hadn't had that great a season. Um, and that's all there was, you know. Um, and when you think that um, replacements were only at international matches until that season, when they brought them in just for the club competition. So when Dave Jackson came on one, one game, that was the first substitute Bedford had ever had. There were six nominated. You could use one. It had to be verified by a doctor, I think, Budge, didn't it? Did. It? it did. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Uh, so this man cannot continue. You have to bring a sub on. That was the story. To amateur, amateur, the game at that time. Um, was was uh, Chad? Was the was the cup competition new? Was this the first year that a cup competition had sort of come in and and, no, and been, been an organised competition? It had been going three or four years. I think Mosley had won it one year. I think it had been one. It started Coventry. about uh, Coventry. Coventry had won it twice. Uh, yes, they, yes Gloucester they had won it before. Gloucester, yes, that's correct. Before us, yeah. And uh, Coventry, Coventry, Coventry had never ever lost a cup game, and they drew one, and therefore went out because they were at home. I think that was with Mosley one year, um, and uh, and when we met them in the semi, they'd never ever lost a cup game. You and that got was that right, Chad. You got that absolutely right. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. It's not, I've not often heard that from Bob, I have to say. Don't tell him I said that. Um, Neil, um, in, in the season and the seasons around it, Bedford were, were certainly playing some very attractive rugby. And, and certainly when the sun came out, if you look at the, the record books, you know, sort of in your sort of March and Aprils, uh, that that was certainly when when Bedford started to play some some very uh, attractive rugby. Did did you did you feel and recognise that as a team that that was the way that that you that you were best? As Budge said earlier, I mean we had some really good players, you know, on top of the form as a final. But 
in Bob Deming and Derek Wyatt, we had two outstanding wingers. And, and we had little fella Alan Lewis at scrum half, who's, I mean, whose pass was, right, I've never come across one like it before, you know, and it, he would still be up there um, if he played the, if to get, played the game now. So, I mean, if we could get the ball away from the forwards and we had the likes of Brian Keane and, you know, Norman Barker, we just loved running around. So, I mean, it was definitely the way we, we wanted to play. And alongside that, we had in Pat Briggs, someone who had a vision of playing open, open football. Yeah, I think the fact that it was a, a, a dry day, a, a sunny dry day at the end of the season, and it was a running, perfect for a running game, really suited us. You would not really have wanted to take on the might of the Rosslyn Park pack in a, on a muddy sort of November or February day. You know, the odds would have been heavily in their favour. But as it turned out, on that day was just perfect for our style of play. And uh, But having said that, they went one try up. And I still know they had a five-metre scrum. Yeah. And and we went back at 100 miles an hour, but Johnny Johnson's decided they, they were a bit naughty and pushed a bit too hard. And, yeah. you know, I thought that was a real turning point. Yeah. I mean, the wingers rightly got the accolades there, uh, Neil, but I know what our back row and, and Lou did, and Budge especially, the number of times we were sort of, mauled completely in the scrummage. We weren't a scrummaging pack. We were a pack of athletes who could run around and pass like centres. But we got absolutely hammered a few times in the scrum. And nearly every time, Budgie would snaffle the ball at the back of it. And we'd, we'd end up in credit, despite taking a hammering. It was really remarkable. And that led to the loose ball that Lewis could wang away to you, Nell, and then get the wingers running. And uh, that was really quite remarkable. A uh, number of times they were looking like they had to score, you know, scrum on our line, and we came away in credit. Two really important players that were new for that season were Lewis and Jordan. Only a few weeks back was Northampton away. Yeah. And in the first half, we scrum on their line. We Then we did get a shove on. And Jack O'Page was their scrum half, and he did decide what he was going to do. And Lewis goes shoom, round the side, touches it down, try. Second half, line out on out on the ten yard line, he drops a goal. This is his first game, first time we'd ever seen him play. Benny was going further and further away. This huge pass kept coming out. He was just sensational. I think that it was a sort of icing on the cake um, in the team that, that came together that season because the, the successful pennant side that you and Briggsy had sort of led in the 60s and early 70s had broken up. And this team came together, as you said, Jordan and Foster arrived in the, in the previous close season or the start of the season. There's a whole series of players, which is in, like Bob Deming, Andy Hollins, Clive Hooker and myself, who came through a really good Wanderers side having played with Gareth, who was phenomenal leader in, in the Wanderers, Gareth Davis. And, and then a whole lot of internationals about to come on stream that no one had heard of, like Wilkie and you, you Nellie, um, Alan Lewis and, uh, and Derek on the wing, who, were, who broke through, who were great players, but no one had really... It was a, a secret weapon because um, no, one, no one knew about them really at that time, but they really came good. 
as it was happening. And the icing on the cake, Lou joined us during the cup run, Budge, I think, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. He didn't play against Bournemouth. No. Bournemouth was the first. 71-something we passed. One that scored six tries. Uh, which was norm, the norm for him. I mean, next was Sale. We then had three games in dreadful conditions, which yeah, wasn't did. suited to our style at all. Uh, and I thought that was another thing about the team, that it was able to adjust to the circumstances and the opposition. We all tackled as well. Yeah. Everyone, did I tackle as well? <laughs> yeah. You no. probably want to talk about your two tries against Sale now, don't you? No. <laughs> you, did, you did score two. Did I? I saw it in the book. I, looked, I checked it yesterday. Chad's oh. only second only game at centre for us was in the the game at, against Sale. Yes, yes, it was, Budge. I started that season in the back row trying to get you out of the side. <laughs> <laughs> which was probably not going to happen but uh, that, you know yeah I mean they had we Chad as I said they hadn't lost the cup game they came came to us with a back division of about five internationals I mean it was Rosper at full back um, Cowman at fly half Duckham Evans in the centre Duckham and Evans in the centre Priest must have been on the wing then Priest Priest uh, Simon Macy played on the wing. It was Duckham played on the wing. And Macy on the wings. Evans and Priest in the centre, yeah. We decided tactically that we got to stop that back division getting the ball. So, and I talked about it and I said, right, when the play's going left, their left, which it mostly does, with right-hand passer, scrum half, I would run at Cowman's outside shoulder, knowing he'd take the bite and sidesteps. He sidestepped off his left foot. So he'd come in. And we had him running, trying to run around the front of lineouts, coming in and in and in, not giving the ball to these star backs outside. The other way I'd run his inside shoulder, and our fly half, Nelly, we could show himself. He wasn't actually going to tackle anybody. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't in my brief. I've got written down here. This was the fastest back division the world had ever seen. I know. I've been telling everyone for forty years that that was the fastest back division ever. <laughs> Priest, Duckham, Evans, and Rossborough were lightning. It was amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. and we, we nullified them. Was that Neil? Didn't you um, have your first cap during the cut run? And normally would have taken. Uh, the, the the week before your first cap yeah. off, as was yeah. tradition, but you played against. Was it Gosforth you played against? Yeah, no, I, I had a chat with uh, Pat Bridge, which lasted about five seconds. I, I said, I've got a problem here. No, he said, No, you haven't. You play next week. So that, that, that was the end of the story, really. Yeah, that was it. You, you played for England on the on the sort of Saturday and back teaching on the Monday morning and training yeah. with us on the Tuesday. Yeah, well, the amateur days. Gosworth came, we were luckiest, I thought, because they got a sending off. Now, yeah. off quite, they played us with 14 men. Uh, and Did they? What, who got sent off there then? Dirty winger John Carr. Did John Carr. It was a dogfight, actually, the whole game, budge, wasn't it? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. And they, they got a great back row of Hartley, yeah. Dixon, and Robinson. Yeah. 
good front row. I mean, a real strong pack. And yeah. they good fly half breaky, was it? Breaky at fly half? Yeah, I think, I think so. Malcolm Young at scone half. Um, they're a good side. Uh, and I think we'd have struggled if they'd had their 15 men on that day. It was, again, a wet, miserable day. It, it was anyone's game until Derek caught a ball at the back. And, and scored a fantastic try. I think he had about 28 players between him and the line when he got it. Derek White, amazing try that was. And uh, that, yeah, that was the game. I do, I, do re- I do remember one aspect of that game, and it was Alan Lewis. I think from a line-out, which was a short, you know, a, went to number two, our typical line-out, they whacked the ball up in the air. Louis caught it one-handed, handed off Colin White, and threw this 30-yard pass off his <laughs> left hand. And you think, well, you know, it, it was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah. He could do that reverse pass now, couldn't he? That sort of round the back, almost one-handed. Oh, and it went, like a, it went like an arrow. He yeah. did you want that sort of pass that bounced in front of you, Nelly, did for our first try against the park. Oh, did it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it bounced in front of you, which, which often leads for the opposition to come up. But Nelly picked it up, and two quick passes to Chadders, Howard, and Wyatt was in. Oh, Howard, Howard got a brilliant ball away at the end because that bounced before Derek picked it up as well. And that was he was sort of man and ball, and he just managed to get it away, and Derek yeah. was in. Fantastic try yeah. in the final, yeah. Let's, let's talk about that, that final. Um, going into it, you, you mentioned there about the fact you, you played your, 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 the, the, the rounds previous to the, to the final in pretty horrible conditions. And, and you faced a, a Rosslyn Park side who had a, a, a formidable forward pack. When, when you opened the curtains on that, that morning and saw that the sun was out and, and, and recognised that it was a dry, was there any feeling, Fudge, that it may be your day? Yes, I think there was. And I think there was a, a, a definite decision that, you know, the only way we could, win, we could win this game was use what ball we got as far as possible to attack. And I remember at the team talk before the game in the Richmond Hill Hotel, and uh, I was talking about this, and that's how we're going to boil it. And, and we've got to relax. We've got to be relaxed. And Keeney jumping up and saying, we haven't got to relax. We've got to get fucking worked up. <laughs> <laughs> it ended up in a complete shambles, that meeting, boys, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. It was, it was, it was, I, I thought it was Nelly had flicked a peanut or something and it hit one of the props. I don't know who retaliated and, and Clive got involved. It ended up in a pillow fight. Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. And I was thinking, this is the biggest game of my life. It's like... This is a bunch of clowns here. We we weren't we weren't used to team meetings, were we? No, it wouldn't it wouldn't have lasted very long. No, no. But there was a feeling, and a, a very interestingly, that set that first try after half time was almost from the training field. We we worked out that if the ball went a kickoff came long and wide, then we'd attack down the out, open side. I uh, Andy Hollins, as, as number eight, would take the ball off the scrum half and go straight ahead. And then the rest of us would follow behind. If it came in the field more, I'd go down the blind side. And, and so it was almost re- rehearsed. And the, and the handling for that try was just amazing. 
Fantastic. Know. And Demo got involved and put 20 yards of royal pace on it, didn't he? Yeah. Before before Dumper got under the sticks with that yeah. ridiculously flamboyant dive. was about the fifth person to help touch the ball, I think. Yeah, it was. That was a marvellous try. Because we'd been hammered first half, and we and suddenly we found ourselves with that, that late first half try. We found ourselves six four up, and that and we knew actually, and you said at half time, Fudge, you know that's that's the best they've got, and, and we're winning, you know, and we can let's take it now, and we did, and we scored five tries in a row in that middle of that game. Yeah. Without reply, and they got yeah two late ones. That was remarkable. Yeah. I think I think when I watched the. Uh, the replay, there were sort of three champagne moments for different reasons. Yeah. I think I think the first one was total incompetence when we when we had a, a four versus nothing ten yards from their line midway through the second half and managed to drop the ball. The, the second one, which I still chuckle at, is and I didn't realise that that you could make a mark anywhere on the pitch, and Budge caught it about the halfway line. And what normal people do, I think, then would just hoof it in the air as far as you could, but not budge. He chipped it over the oncoming people, caught it again, and off we went. Yeah. And then the final one, I thought that try, you know, in that circumstances was, I mean, it was out, out this world, wasn't it? Yeah, Budge wasn't renowned for his chipping, uh, if, as you remember it, Noel. Do you, do you remember <laughs> him as a famous, a great little grubber kicker, chipper, that kind of player? Spiral no. screw kicker, not really. <laughs> I, I thought the game-changing try was Demo's first try, where we 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 had this lead about a twelve-point lead or something, and the game was getting a little bit loose, and they were attacking, and we just, there was a bit of spill ball, and this ball came loose in our own half, and Demo went back to pick it up, and we were sort of on the rack at that point, and he just ran, and. Mm. Uh, when he got sort of tackled and held, it lifted the ball in the air and did a sort of outrageous overhead dummy. And the tacklers, two of them, I think, let go of him. And off he went again. Off he yeah. went. Yeah. They still, he still had a lot to do. He went around Tresseter and Cod, yeah. and he yeah. was in. And I thought that actually was the game changer. At that point, there was no way back for Parker, don't think. No, no, that wasn't. But no. if they scored, that was, someone was going to score at that point, and it looked like they might. And... This loose ball, Demo got hold of it and uh, scored an amazing try. Yeah, it was fantastic. Do you remember looking at them and 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 thinking, yeah, that that's it, you know? Because it, even within games, within the sort of maelstrom of a of a final like that, there there occasionally can be some some clear moments. And and they had some they had some fantastic players. I, I think I re- remember reading was it Andy Ripley was it was it was it eight for them? Do you, do you remember do you remember looking at them and thinking, yeah, I, I think we've got this. Not really. No, I didn't. Certainly didn't. No. Uh, I, I know Ripley. I mean, Budgie was around his ankles. Keeney was around his ankles all game. We knew had he was one of the most dangerous runners, along with Anderson in the back row in the game. And he got away twice. Once he sort of half broke away and threw it over the top for their first try, and Mackay got in the corner. And the other one, Nelly, tell us about your tackle on Rippers. It was fearless. The crucial thing was Foster, Andy and me yeah. tackling Anderson and Ripley yeah. non-stop. As I say, the second time he got away when he was 
and one of his flying runs and nearly just took him around the knees. It's worth a look at if you get the chance. Nelly, <laughs> right. I, I, don't, I don't know where that came from, to be honest. But our back row and half backs were allowed, you know, snuffled all that ball and created lots and lots of loose ball that we could then use. Yeah. Was, as, as soon as they gave us 40% of the ball, they were out of the game, weren't they? Because yeah. their big forwards couldn't run around in that heat, could they? No, no, that's right. Yeah. What they basically did, because they were trying to play catch-up rugby, they tried to play a type of f- football that they they weren't used to. So no. you know, although they you know got the ball and put it wide, they didn't have any support players there at all, did they? No, no. Mackay was at their only penalty back. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a massive uh, contrasting styles. They were, they were, you know, set piece. They wanted a structured game, forward domination, with a big powerful pack. We were, we were a team that played almost student rugby. You know, looking at the side, all apart from four had been to one of either Cambridge University, Loughborough, St Luke's, where some of the riffraff came from, uh, or Durham. <laughs> and you know, that were they were great student sides and. Um, they yeah, but played we, like that. There were only four four players who hadn't been to one of those places, as right. I remember. Right. Yeah, well, there was a downside to it. I mean, because of all the Oxbridge boys, they used big long words, which I didn't understand. <laughs> well, what do you mean, Nelly? Like marmalade and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, did, do you remember that? Do you remember that one classic one that Alan Lewis did when he was picked for the Welsh, West Wales side? Yes. When you used to have the lineouts A to E to the front, and it was at F to M to the middle, and N to Z to the back. First and, letter of the word. Yeah, yeah. And he called Oedipus. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Bobby Windsor didn't know where to throw it. <laughs> no, it was, no they, they, they were bright boys. We, we weren't allowed to do anything in the training session because we had four Oxbridge boys there that they, they, they decided, you know, put the tracksuits down and we'll do this, we'll do that. We just did as we're told. Yeah, Tony Jordan had, had a quiet command of things in that way, didn't he? Uh, you know, and, and John Howard, of course, in the backs of Cambridge boys, and Lucy, three Cambridge boys three in the back. Three Cambridge in the backs, yeah. 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 Outstanding, yeah. And Derek was Oxford, was he? <laughs> Derek was the St. Luke's with you, actually, uh, no. No, he went to Oxford afterwards. Oh, that yes. was later, yeah. 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 He, did it, he did a term on one leg just to get a blue, I think, actually. <laughs> he, he, shouldn't, he was limping in that final. He was strapped up to the thigh, virtually. But uh, he, got um, his, he got his blue. Budge, um, this was, a, this was a, your third period of captaincy. Was, was this a, an easy side to, to lead, to captain, this particular group of men? Well, they're all easy, really. Uh, no. Um, well, I think so, because there was, there was so much talent. You know, it was a very talented side. When you think that Jordan played for England, Wyatt played for England, um, John uh, John Howard captain Cambridge, Lewis ben, Nelly played for England. Lewis went on a last tour. Foster Wilkins. trial had a trial in Wales. I played for England. Wilkinson played for England. Key played for England. We Judith had gel gel very well and very early on, because uh, Briggsy was was a great creator of spirit and 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 teamwork, you know, uh, and and he was 
quite ruthless as well when he needed to be, you know. Uh, and we selection, we, we took a while to, to decide Chaddles was to play in the centre instead of Wellesley. And Andy Hollins playing it instead of Dave Jackson, who had, who had been playing more, much more than him at number one. We felt that Andy was right for, for these sort of games rather than Dave, um, who was very upset about it. Um, yeah. uh, but no, it, um, it wasn't a difficult side to captain, no. No, it was lovely. Lou and Nelly were sort of like peas in a pod. They were mates. Demo and I were. We were really close. And John Howard and I were, you know, the, it was a very closely knit unit. I mean, the, the forwards and backs were, were sort of mates. We'd go around to each other's houses and, um, you know, have coffee and the girls knew each other. It was a very happy family, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Very. And Briggsy had an awful lot to do with the chemistry yeah. behind all that. Yeah. Briggsy was a wonderful uh, visionary coach, I must say. Yeah. Can you remember the final whistle? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was. I mean, I can't remember exactly, but I did remember we were let let off our 85p match fee, which is <laughs> no. But it's uh, we, had, we, we had to pay I, to go to that dinner in the evening, though. Now, yeah, I know we did. One of Budge's West End haunts, his night, one of his nightclubs. We we, we just won a fortune. And then yeah. we had to go and do all that, didn't we? Never mind. It was 16 quid to get in there. Uh, and the drinks at <laughs> the nightclub, we, I couldn't afford to, to get a pistol. <laughs> and it was, it, I mean, that you talked about earlier about the game in those days. I mean, there was nothing laid on by anybody for us after the game, except I organised it. I said, right, I found this place. It's still there, Franco's in German Street. Uh, can we come in and have a meal and, and have a dance downstairs at Franco's? And that was all organised by us and paid for by us. The club didn't give us a penny towards no. did, tell, tell me, did, did we stay the night before anywhere or did, did we just we, meet? At the Richmond Hill Hotel. Well, Budgie, after the um, after the dance or the do at Franco's, you know, we'd, we'd had champagne in the changing room uh, after the game, and then we had a, a few beers. And then we went to Franco's and had a d- dinner dance and a bit of wine and stuff. We were all quite civilised. And, and at about two in the morning, you said, "Chatters, how do you get down here?" So, well, I don't know. How, how are you getting back? I don't know. Uh, he said, "You're driving me." You see, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I drove you and Annette and Jenny back to Bedford. You know, the two in the morning on the Sunday morning after. What car do I have then? Well, it's a, a lot flashier than anyone else's. I know a, yellow, a yellow dolomite, I would say. The other interesting that people, what we got from the RFU for winning was just the, the shield, the RFU <laughs> shield, yeah. You know, yeah. and we got back in the change room, and I threw it onto the wooden benches that we sat on and then our took and changing rooms and it broke. <laughs> it, came, it was the biggest crowd that the cup final had ever had. Yeah. Fifteen thousand. Yeah. And ninety no. percent of them were from Bedford. Yeah. 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 And, and a few hundred were from Bedford Modern School actually. Mm, really amazing support. Um, and of course the the media on the Sunday were was were so thrilled with it. I mean, even Reason, you know, who uh, took a lot of pleasing, 
thought it was, you know, had done so much for the game because the yeah. previous cup finals had been really turgid affairs. They'd been yeah. 10, 12 or something. Or, yeah. yeah. And, and this game just brought it, brought it to mean what it should mean. Really? Yeah. I, I was going to say about that, the press did eulogise uh, about the way the game had been played, and, and you've alluded to it there, Budge. Chad, did it feel like a good game of rugby to play? Uh, it felt like a fantastic game. It went so quickly. You know, I know people, I've heard people talk, I never made international uh, level like the other lads did, but uh, people say, you know, it's gone in a flash, and it, that's how it was for me. It, suddenly it's half time. I thought, well, I thought we'd only just started. And, uh, and then, you know, yeah. They started coming back in the second half and scored two very late tries after to get back to 28-12. And I was beginning to panic. I said, bloody hell, come on, boys, pull yourselves together. I didn't realise it was actually the last five or ten minutes that that happened. It was the end of the game. It happened so quickly. Uh, it was it went through in a flash, the game. So I didn't really – I was on my best behaviour playing in the big time in a fairly new position and um, concentrating on not – making a, a mess of it and not letting everybody down so yeah I, I was it was a relief for me at the end of the game uh, when we won it and uh, we certainly enjoyed the evening but, but in a very relaxed way it wasn't as it wasn't what you'd call yeah. a piss, piss up it was a very yeah. relaxed and very civilized well fam, family well, evening wasn't it yeah mm. yeah referee was marvelous johnny johnson was a tremendous referee yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He, did, yeah. he didn't pick yeah. you up for offside once did he budge Quite right. Yeah, quite right too. Neil, you, you played in international rugby. Uh, how did this sort of cup final atmosphere and, and feeling com- compare to, to some of the more higher profile games that you were involved in? Uh, it, it, I mean, it's obviously a, a level down. Uh, but it's, it was, I think, uh, if you, even in a game like that, if I was honest, the first 15 minutes of that game, I was awful. And I think Budge said to me, Nelly, will you stop kicking it? <laughs> and after that, you know, things sort of fell into place. And I mean, and with the club situation, it was, far, you know, far more family orientated things. I mean, when I played for England, I think the first time, I think I was the only Southerner on the side. So, you know, that, that you know, that's the one thing it really wasn't, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a family, uh, wasn't a family affair, that, that episode. But yeah, there we are. Yeah. It was uh, it was it was very enjoyable, and I suppose one of the things I did miss out on because I went to Australia with the England setup was their Canadian tour, you know, to uh, Bedford tour to Canada, and that seems to forge you know big big friendships, you know, that's still going on now. That is very true. Uh, yeah, that was amazing. There was there was you, Wilkie, Derek um, got picked for England. To, that would have probably been on the Canada tour, and and demo I think was picked for England B against Romania or somebody. So, so he um, he didn't come on the tour, did he? No, he didn't come on the tour. No. And, and and Alan Lewis didn't go. He had to do exams no. or something, did he? Yes, I think he did medical exams. Um, yeah. 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 So um, we were a wonderful family at the time. He wouldn't come. Oh. No, he didn't. Who? Uh, None of the backs came. Just me, Budge. Other than you, <laughs> sorry, it was just one back. <laughs> one back. Like, all the footballs. I was the only one, Budge, who played in every minute of every game on that tour. Were you? 
Yeah. And in fact, in the last game, I got a pretty bad injury and, um, and had to spend the night in the hospital and collapsed a couple of times. Managed to get home. And I arrived at the airport to go home the next day. Just managed to pull some trousers on, grab my bag and, and put a polo neck jumper on and then my blazer. I arrived at the airport and you were the first to greet me. I was expecting the lads to sort of clap me in and say, Are you all right, Chads? And he said, bloody hell, Chad, you're a disgrace. Where's your tie? (laughs) (laughs) Which was the last game? No, that was the one when I broke my hand. You broke your hand and I... um, Chad, yeah. I had to be carried out of the restaurant. What did you do then? What did you do? I took a serious bruise on my um, hematoma, internal bleeding, actually. Hematoma on your thigh? Dead leg, was it? (laughs) It was... (laughs) It was enough to make me faint that evening, that's for sure. Really? Yeah, I was in I was in hospital most of the night, and I got a bollocking when I arrived at the airport the next day. <laughs> you know, you were an absolute sort of great leader and a disciplinarian, and the you know the, you provided that people loose cannons like possibly um, myself and Nelly, sort of playboys of the Western world, you know, in a sense, um, <laughs> kept us in check. So um, we, we loved you for doing that because that, that led to our success. Can, can I ask Budge, with this coronavirus, what's going to happen to the game now? Well, um, the international board, or what's it called, World Rugby, are saying that it's it's opened their eyes. I don't know quite wh- why. And, for instance, they reckon the chances now of this world competition uh, are more likely uh, than they were before. I, I don't quite see why, but um, uh, that that's all I hear and read. Though it will depend if if Beaumont loses, uh, and he's he's favourite to get another four years, but uh, with the Fijian representative being <laughs> investigated for homophobia they were his seconder the the fiji union it might just turn against him and pinochet will take over and has got very different <laughs> it's not pinochet it's pinochet pinochet was a different person oh, <laughs> pinochet was a dictator in the fall <laughs> of the war wasn't he <laughs> 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 yeah. august pinochet <laughs> <Pichot. laughs> but um I think um, the IB now is as, as driven by, as as every other union is now, by the cash cow rather than so much else that needs to be done. I mean, you know, they've, they've, they've been really poor at supporting the, the second tier, and that's what they've got to, if, if they really want the game to expand and be a world game, that's what they've got to to try and do. It's sad that we're talking about that kind of thing. And you know, the game is about the television contracts and who sees it. You know, people love playing rugby and love competing against each other, and uh, we'll always do that. You know, and I don't really care too much. I love to see England play more than anyone else, actually. But it doesn't matter who they're playing. They still nobody wants to win more because CBC are putting in twenty billion quid or whatever. No, you no. Still, no. You, know, you, you want to win the game, and that's the nature of sport, isn't it? It's a competitive. Uh, animals are attracted to it, and 
that's how it works. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. I, I'm going to sort of, uh, at that point, I'm going to, before we, before we start addressing every rugby issue uh, in the world, uh, we, will, we, will, we will pull, a, pull a, a curtain down on it. Uh, gents, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your memories. I think they've been utterly uh, enchanting, uh, incredibly insightful and, and a real joy to listen to. So, uh, Budge, uh, Neil, uh, Chads, thank you so much for coming on and, 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 and talking to us. It's been a, a real pleasure. And, and obviously, on behalf of Bedford Blues, we hope that you all keep yourselves very safe indeed. Thank you, chaps. Cheers. Thanks, Sam. Thanks,